kick off these messages every Sunday in this series. It's really great to sort of get us started with a, with a song that we're going to be talking about. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's so good to be here with all of you in the house. And I always want to say hello to all of you who are out there uh, watching from wherever you are. Just glad you're able to connect with us. And again, my, my big hope and prayer for you, if you're close, is uh, we can't wait for you to get back with us and, and get back with us as we come here together. We, we, we worship God together. We celebrate Jesus together because it's just a great place to be. Can't wait for you to join us. Uh, wherever you are, but just glad you're taking advantage of that. And my big prayer again for us is that, that God has already met you here and, and that he continues to do that uh, as we go through his word today and talk about a little, little bit of stuff. And so today what we're gonna do uh, is we are wrapping up our summer series. Uh, we're already out of that and this is the last one. And next week we're gonna be kicking off the fall already. Everybody, can you believe that August is already here? I feel like I just found my swimming trunks. You know what I'm saying? Like let alone use them. And it's already August, I can't believe it. Uh, but I'll tell you this about our church, just so you you know, just a real quick couple seconds here. I love what happens in the fall here at our church. I don't know what it is. There's something about the fall that, that God does something unique here because so much, I think it's because so much is happening. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. You just heard from Marianne a few minutes ago about a lot of stuff that's going on. We got a lot of ministries to kick off and, and you know, we got things like gear up coming. Uh, for, for, this is a great event. It's uh, two weeks from now, if you're a volunteer, by the way. Uh, and it's an event on, it's on August 15th where hundreds of us come here and, and we get together and we just get ready for the fall. We worship, we eat together, we, we be reminded about why we do what we do, and it's an awesome event. So if you have not RSVP'd uh, for Gear Up on August 15th, and if you're a volunteer, you can't miss that event. It's an awesome event. Make sure you RSVP because it's important that we have enough food for everybody, so do that today. Uh, but we also have a bunch of ministries kicking off in the fall, man. We got things like MOPS, which is uh, Mothers of Preschoolers. That's kicking off in August, and then we have Moms Next, which is sort of that next level of helping moms. That's all starting in August. We have Celebrate Recovery. That's always been going on. But man, we meet here every Thursday night, uh, celebrate recovery. Uh, our students uh, are gonna be kicking off their fall in August by doing the best event of the year, uh, which is the Amazing Race. And before the pandemic catches, before the pandemic, the last Amazing Race they did, they had over 300 students participate. 300, that's amazing. That's like a school. That's bigger than the school I grew up in, man. That's a lot of kids. And so if you are here and you're a, a parent of a student and you haven't gotten plugged in yet, or if you are a student, you're listening, uh, don't miss that event. That's a great way to get plugged in. Man, we got, Ridge Kids block party coming up and we got Move Up Sunday coming up for all your kids pre-K all the way through uh, and we have our Ridge Group starting back up in September I can't wait for that we're gonna get back in circles back in homes we got a lot of stuff going on we got a lot of stuff and I'm just telling you man I, I've seen it it happens all the time there's just something that happens too between now and about 
I don't know, about like the end of October, here's what we're gonna see here. And I can't wait, man. We, we, we will see more visitors come. We will see more of you get plugged in on what God's doing around here and what he wants to do in your life. We're gonna see more people get baptized, more people rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ, take big steps in their faith. It's just what we see. It gets me fired up just thinking about it. So I can't wait. It's an awesome time of the year for our church. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God does here over the next couple of months. And in here, in here, uh, just, so what we're doing next week is we're gonna kick off the fall here next week with a brand new series uh, that we're gonna be calling What to Do When. And I'm telling you, you don't wanna miss any of those messages because we're gonna be talking about things that happen in our faith that we don't plan for, uh, things that happen that, that we don't wanna talk about that thing, and things that we wish we had answers for. We're gonna, we're gonna explore things together. We're gonna talk about what to do when I've drifted from God. Like, what do I do when I've actually drifted from God? What do I do when someone I love is making bad decisions? What do I do? What's my call? Like, somebody that I love is making bad decisions. What do I do when I feel overwhelmed? We're gonna look at a bunch of those areas of the Christian faith and see how God can absolutely step in in those situations and tell us what to do when these things come up in our lives. And so we're ready to hit the ground running for fall. I don't know about you. I'm really excited uh, to see what happens with us as a church. So I hope you're ready to jump in with us as well. But right now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap up this series that we've been in the summer called Press Play. This is the last song that we're gonna be looking at and what we've been doing. If you're just joining us, we've been looking at the songs that we sing, looking at the songs that we worship God with, celebrate Jesus with. And we're just kind of talking about the, the gist behind the songs, the, the biblical understanding behind the songs. And I think it just enriches us when we sing them again together. So so today's last song of the whole series, we're gonna look at this song called Evidence. I love this song. Uh, here's a few lines from the song. Here it is uh, that we're gonna sing in a little bit. All throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. And so here's what we're gonna talk about today. Here's where we're going. I just wanna talk about the goodness of God. That's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about the goodness of God. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna navigate some, some big ideas, some big things that, that a lot of people think about God, some, some, things, some things that we ponder, uh, and we're gonna talk about all that today. But here's where I wanna start before we get into some of that stuff. I want us just at least start uh, on the same page, wherever you are with God and his goodness. I wanna start with, with what we see the Bible say about God. And then we'll talk about some things we wonder or we ponder, but I wanna have the same starting block. So here we go. Just a few places I want to go to, to get us started. Here it is in Psalm 100. It says, listen, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Here's the prophet Nahum. Nahum says this about God. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, listen, no one's good except the one that's God. God is good. That's what Jesus says about God. And here's one more. I love the Psalms. You can see it all over. Uh, here's one more place. It says, oh, I love this one. Taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And so here's what I wanna do today. Here's what I wanna do. Just, I, I think that there are, are some folks, there are, there are people, I think there are a lot of people, even though I just showed you both Old Testament and New Testament about what the Bible says about God, I actually think there are a lot of people that still have this pondering of, I know that, but like, what is God really like? Like, I think that's what a lot of people want. Like, I know, I know, like, I just wanna know what God is really like. And I'm not talking about the things that I'm supposed to say. And I'm not talking about the answers that I'm supposed to have and, and the things I'm supposed to believe about God. But I think that there are some private thoughts, some things uh, that we wouldn't really say that we're actually thinking about. Uh, and that's what we're thinking about. What is, but what is he really, 
What is he really like? And here's the deal. Here's the big idea. This is uh, the, what I'm going to give us a statement, and it's true for anybody out there, anybody who's watching, anybody who's here, wherever you are with the goodness of God, this is true for every single one of us, and it's this, and this is really important, that, that your actual idea about God, it's the most important thought in your mind. That's what I want to take off from today, that your, your thought of God, your initial thought of God, how you think about God, it gives you a foundation of the purpose, hope, and meaning that you have in your life. Because here's the thing, gang, here's wherever you are. Because if your thought, if your initial thought about God, that God is good, that he is just always good, then that one idea right there, that one idea will determine so much about how you follow and respond to him, okay? But listen to me. But if your initial thought is that God is distant, or God is vindictive, or God is mad, then that also determines, listen to me, how close you're gonna let him be to you and how close you're allowing yourself to be to him. And my guess would be if you're in that area, you're not gonna want to be very close to a God like that if he's vindictive and mad and, and, and if he's distant or something like that. You wouldn't wanna get too close to somebody like that. And so here's the big idea. What you initially think about God is absolutely determining how close you wanna get to him. And here's the catch. This is happening right now. Right now in your life, you, there's, there's an initial thought that you have, God, that's, that's allowing you to do one of the two of those things. One, one of those two things. It's just so important, man. It's, you're gonna go in those directions. And your idea of God, here's the thing that I want you to think about. Your idea of God, just your idea of God, whatever it is, can take over the truth. Because the truth is the truth, no matter you believe it or not. But you're, that's how powerful your initial idea of God is. Uh, that's how powerful it can be. And that's why I love that verse that we looked at in the Psalms. It said, man, so just taste and see for yourself. Like, just do it yourself. Go investigate. Look for yourself of who this God is. Investigate it. Go to the source. Go to God. Taste and see. And here's what you're going to find, everybody. We have a good God. Anybody want to say amen to that? We have a good, good God. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Man, I have a friend, Deb. I have a friend, Deb, and I love running into her because every time I run into her, I mean almost every single time, the first words that come out of her mouth are, God is good. I love that because she's such an encouragement to me in my life because she, she's an amazing reminder of me. That's, I'm not kidding you. That's the first thing that she always says, that God is so good. And, and here's my encouragement to you. Again, wherever you are, I wanna just get you, get you there, but man, I'm praying and hoping that you get there. The more you discover who God really is, the closer you're gonna be, wanna be with him. I guarantee it. The more you see who he really is, the closer you're gonna wanna be to him. But for some of us, here's where we're gonna go. There are reasons why. It's just true. There are reasons why you don't see it. There are reasons why you go in another direction or ponder or wonder, man, if God isn't always good. And, and here's the thing. I don't think anybody wants to get there. I don't think anybody that is wondering or thinking that or even just has decided that he's not good, I don't think you're, you wanna go there. I don't think you're like, yeah, that's what I wanna believe about God. It just happens. And so I think we get there, but we get there for two main reasons. And there are two big reasons, two big factors at play in that. One is what we learned about God growing up. I think that's a huge factor in, in your initial idea about God. And the other is the experiences that you've had in this life, Right? So for many of us, uh, like what we learn about God, what we think about God right now is based on how you grew up and, and what people said about God. And for a lot of that, like you're, you're actually hearing what's not true about God, but you just kind of accept that as what's true, right? Because it might be because of what your parents told you. And it's not like they had bad intention, but it's just kind of what they said. And you're like, well, why would they lie? And, and so you kind of believe that about God. Or, or maybe it's from other people and other people's opinions, right? You kind of hear things every now and then where you hear people say, well, here's my, my idea of God is this or whatever, right? Or, or here, I've always thought God was this. This is what you hear from other people. And I'm just gonna give you a heads up. Every, I'm just gonna give you a heads up. Like whenever anybody starts with, well, my idea of God is probably off. I'm just saying, 
there's, there's, some, there's just like, walk away with that today and you'll walk away with some good stuff. Man, like I'm telling you, they're probably off if they say, well, here's my idea of who God is, okay? And here's the thing, depending on how and when and who you learned it from, it could be really hard to unlearn or rethink. Isn't that true? One of my favorite stories, uh, one of my favorite stories growing up is a story my mom tells about my dad. My dad uh, always called furniture, furniture. All right. Now listen, he was an educated man. He was an educated man, but he called it furniture. Uh, so he came in one day, this is a true story, he came in and he looked at my mom and he said, hey, we need to move the furniture so I could sweep. And my mom said, Hold, what did you say? And he said, furniture. And so she said, would you spell that please? And he said, F-R-U-N-I-T-U-R-E, furniture, okay? Seriously true. So then, and she's like, why is a kid? So then right then, uh, my nan, his mom comes in and she looks around. She goes, why'd you move all the furniture? All right, so like that's how he learned. He was an educated man, secondary educated man. And he thought furniture was furniture. That's how, I'm, true story. That's how he learned it. Uh, and, but here's the thing, gang. This is the same way. This is the same way people get to certain places with God. That they learn things and, and we learn things that are off and, and it depended on when and who you learn it from. It's not like there are bad intentions or anything like that, but it just happens. And, and here's the thing, gang. Here's, it's just true about a lot of us. We don't really investigate it. We don't really look to ourselves and find out ourselves and, and, and then we just kind of adopt that idea of that's what's true about God. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look today at three common thoughts, three common ideas that people have about God that are wrong. Absolutely wrong. All right, we're gonna look at that and then we're gonna counter those with three truths about God that draw us in. So we don't want those things to drive us away. We're gonna look at three truths that draw us into the God who made you and loves you and gave Jesus to you because of how much he loves you. You matter so much to him. All right, so if you're taking notes, I hope you do. Here are three big ideas that people think about God. Here's the first idea that's wrong. It's that God loves me as long as. That's a big idea that people have about God. God loves me as long as. It's conditional love. That's, that's what I think about God, right? So, so here's the thing. So if I stay in line, uh, if I'm good, uh, th- then he'll love me really well. Like if I'm really good, then, then you know, he'll do. But if I'm wrong or if I make a mistake, uh, then I'm on the list, right? It's like Santa's naughty list. Like seriously, it, we actually kind of see God like Santa, everybody. If you think about it, we kind of do. It's a little weird, right? Because, you know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Why do we sing this to our kids? Like, I don't know. Like, we wonder why they can't sleep at night, you know? He knows if you've been good or bad, so it'd be good for goodness sake. Like, that's what we think about. It's true, think about it. That's what a lot of us think about God, right? So we take that in, we take that in, and we believe, we have this mindset, okay, well, then I gotta try to get in good, God's good graces. I gotta, I gotta work my way. Some days are better than others, and when the days are off, I kind of hide from him, and, and when they're better, I, I know that I'm really do, doing good, so we do good, we work our way up. And by the way, everybody, that is a premise of every world religion other than Christianity. But we accept it as what Christianity is. That is so far away from Christianity, I can't even tell you, but that's what we do, okay? That I work my way, I become good enough to find peace or nirvana or enlightenment, whatever, I earn God's favor. So many people go through life, through the Christian life, believe in this about God, and then they think, well, maybe he's disappointed me or at best he just tolerates me because he kind of has to love me, and I'm telling you, none of that's true. None of that's true because here's the truth. God doesn't love you as long as. God's love for you is unconditional. God loves me unconditionally. That's the truth. He loves you unconditionally. The one true God loves you no matter who you are, where you came from, or what backstory you have. 
God's love for you is unconditional. It is powerful. It is infinite. It is personal. And it is always, always with you. It is a constant force in your entire life. Isn't that so good to hear about the God that you have? It's awesome to hear and know. And the whole story, the whole story from Genesis all the way to Revelation is the story of how God made you and he sent Jesus to die for you and he wants a relationship for you. The whole story about that is based on love that he loves you unconditionally. Here's what the Psalms say one more time about it. In Psalm 136, it says, let's give thanks to the God of heaven then because his steadfast love endures forever. His love is steadfast. It's unwavering, man. Here's the thing, gang. It's a love you can lean in on. It's strong. Like it will never buckle. It will not. God's love endures not just when you're good, not just for today and we'll see about tomorrow. That's not what it is at all. It's forever, it's forever. This is how Jesus puts it. Uh, and by the way, if you do wanna know, if you're wondering upon what is God like, just look at Jesus, man. That's how you find out who God is and what he's like, man. Look at Jesus, he is the visible image of the invisible God. Just study Jesus and you'll find everything out that you need to know about God. But here's what Jesus said. He said this, he said, for God so loved who? the world, everybody, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now I want you to know something here about what Jesus just said. Let's leave that up here for a second. See, when Jesus said this, notice that he did not say, God will love you once you believe. He doesn't say, he doesn't say hey, he'll believe you once you do something right, once you believe in him. He says he loves you so much that he did something even before you love him back that he sent his son to come and die for you because you need a way to him. You need to be restored back to a right relationship with him and that's the only way that can happen. So Jesus came not to condemn you, he actually came to show us his amazing, unbelievable, unconditional, everlasting love for you. I think, um, I think a big question that people ponder, I, I've thought about this a little bit this week. I think a lot of people wonder, well, hey, isn't the God, isn't, when I look at God, or when I think about God, when I hear that, I think God is. Isn't God different in the Old Testament than he is in the New Testament? I think a lot of people ponder that. Like, it seems like the God of the Old Testament is all like wrathful and angry, and, and the God of the New Testament is all like nice and loving. And so, how do you reconcile that? Like, because if he is angry, doesn't that mean that, and wrathful, doesn't that mean it's kind of conditional love? Like, isn't that what, you know, isn't that where you kind of go? And, and so, that's where people actually go. Uh, and so, here's what I want to tell you. First of all, first of all, uh, if you actually read and study the Bible, which I highly encourage you to do, by the way, uh, especially if you're a Christian, I really encourage you to study the Bible. I think that's a great idea. Uh, but if you do that, if, because if you do study and read the Bible, here's what you're gonna find out. It becomes really clear that God is absolutely the same in the Old Testament and the New. There's no change in him from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament says that he's slow to anger. That's what the Old Testament says. He's slow to anger, that he's abounding in love. So, so that's what the Old Testament says. So yes, he gets angry. Yes, he does. He does get angry with sin and he gets angry with his kids just like parents do with their kids, everybody. I'm not the only one, am I? I'm just saying, okay? Like, so he does, he does get, maybe I'm the only one. All right, so I need to repent from that. All right, but his wrath his wrath, by the way, too, isn't just in the Old Testament. I hope you know that. His wrath is just as evident in the New Testament as well. That doesn't go away. But, but here's the, his wrath isn't pointed to people, everybody. It's pointed to sin. But it also says, here's what the Bible says from beginning in. He's quick to forgive, that he's abounding in love. And then listen to me, he doesn't change. He is not different from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And here's the thing, we need to know this. I think somebody in here needs to know this today. Like the opposite of love is not anger. That's gonna help you a little bit with God. The opposite of love is not, the opposite of love is malice. 
That's what the opposite, malice is the intention to willfully harm another. That's the opposite of love. It's wanting to inflict ill will to somebody else. So we cannot confuse God's anger with, with sin or with meaning that he isn't good because that's just not true, everybody, okay? But we go there. We go there when we think God's angry, don't we? And it's, see, you can clearly see in the Bible where he's angry, but, but here's the thing. Here's why we get confused with God's anger because the Bible tells us something about anger. Uh, it says, in your anger, do not sin. That's what the Bible says. So there is a, a way you can be angry without sinning, but here's what we do. Then now we'll move on to the next one. We often get there with God because we compare God's anger to our anger, and that's not a great idea because most of the time, I'm not gonna talk, get in your living room. Most of the time, our anger ends up in sin, everybody, amen. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't stop. It just kind of ends in sin, and we're like, oh, will you forgive me, okay? I'm just, it never is with God. It never is with God and his anger. So I'm just saying, it's a bad, it's a bad comparison to compare human anger to God's anger. Uh, does that make sense? And so that's where we go with all this stuff. That totally makes sense to me, okay? So the fact that God loves you, the fact that God loves you, as you are, does not take a, one bit away from who he is, that he's holy, he's completely righteous, and that he can't stand sin. That's all true. But in the core of who God is, you need to walk away with this today. In the core of who he is, is his great love for you. His great, abounding, unconditional love for you, God's love for you isn't based on who you are. This is what's powerful about it. God's love for you isn't based on who you are, it's based on who he is. That's why it's amazing and unconditional. His basis, it's based on who he is. And because of that, the love that he has for you is detached from any good you do or mess ups you have because it's about him and not you, okay? So, so there we go. There's another idea that people have, so that's one. Here's another that people have that's wrong, that God is distant. God is distant. This is one that I would say a lot of people probably have experience with, right? That he just, he just doesn't seem like he's close, man. He doesn't seem like he's close. God seems far away. You pray, but, but he doesn't answer. It seems like he doesn't answer. You read the Bible, and it's not like he's speaking to you when you read the Bible. You seek God, but it's kind of like he's hiding. And then in circumstances or situations that you're in, it doesn't seem like he cares what happens to you or people you love. It just seems like he's not there, that he's kind of distant. And I'm telling you, like, that really matters. For some people, it takes away from your connection to a God who doesn't care to respond, right? It takes away from your connection that way. So I wanna do something here. I think this is gonna be very helpful. I've done this before, uh, but I want you to look around here because I, there are a lot of people that land there. These distant, I don't feel them and all that stuff. If you're here, I want you to help me out. Uh, and, and if you are a Jesus follower, you're a committed Christian who follows God and loves Jesus, I want you to do something for me. Help me here, help me out. If, if there was ever a time where you felt in your Christian life where you felt like God was a little distant, help me out, just raise your hand so people could see. In your Christian life, if you ever, now look around for a second. Keep your hands high so people will see him. If you've ever felt like God was a little distance, look around. All right, thanks for your help. Gang, listen, this is true. This is true in everybody. There is not a person alive who hasn't felt this time or two in your life. You're not alone in this. You are not alone in this. But here's the thing, the people who stay connected to the goodness of God, they know that despite how we feel, it's this, that God is still close, that God is close. He's not distant. He's not far away that he's close. People who know God is good, they don't uh, use emotion as their gauge. That's, that's where we get in a lot of trouble when we use emotion and feelings as our gauge. But they know if you, here's what they know. They know that if you don't always feel God's presence, that doesn't mean that he's not close. That's what they know. So, so they move on, they move forward, they take a step because they know feelings alone aren't the only evidence uh, of the presence of God in their life. Okay, so maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, I don't know, I don't feel anything. Like, I don't feel anything. I, can I tell you, like, I don't know how many people I've just met about that in the last month. 
So it's there. I know it's there, man, but I'm telling you, what I wanna say to you is you're not alone in that one. You're not alone in that. Two, it doesn't mean that God isn't close. And it also doesn't mean he doesn't use that to draw you closer to him. You hear what I'm saying? He's used that in my life a lot, where it's drawn me closer to him. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is Joshua 1.9. I love what he says. And I just, I use it uh, as a remembrance of me and, and God in my life. It says this, have I not commanded you? This is what God's saying. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Listen, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, God is always with you. God is always with you, even when you don't feel it. So we remember, we remember that truth, that when feelings aren't there, that he's still with us. And, and even when our feelings wanna tell us something different, it's not true. Listen to me, he's close. Amen, everybody? He's close, okay? Here's a third idea. Here's a third idea that we believe is not true is that I can't trust God. I can't trust God. God, God can't be trusted. So uh, with the, like the things that we encounter, these experiences that we go over, that's the second big barrier to not believing he's always good, but like there are things we go through, there are experiences that, that we have and then sort of, we want God to show up and, it, and it's hard sometimes to say, man, I don't know, man, I'm not sure. And so it's hard to have a confidence, but here's what, here's what I wanna talk about because we, we go through this, right? Right, we, we, we have a decision we have to make. There's a question that comes and here's a question that we ask can I trust God, right? Like, can I really, really trust God? Because if I go God's way, man, that's going way off the norm. That's way off what everybody, so I gotta trust him if he's telling me to do something that nobody else is doing. So can I trust God? Can I trust him? When trust is an issue, think about this. When trust is an issue in any relationship, that connection that's so important isn't there, right? You have to trust the other person in this relationship to get to the place that you need to be, all right? So here's the last truth, and I'm telling you, it's the best one, and it's what all of us who experience God's goodness stay close to God's goodness and hold on to the most on. It's this, is that actually he does keep his promises. Amen, everybody. He keeps his promises. You know, maybe some of you, I think some of us need to hear this today. You know, maybe some of you are having a hard time seeing God show up. Like you're having a hard time in your life. It's hard to have a confidence, but you need to know this, everybody, just right here where we are. God keeps every promise. He is not a liar, and every single promise he's ever made, he will come through on, okay? He keeps every single one. So we, here's the thing, we can trust him. We can trust him. Here's a promise in Philippians. Here's a promise that he gives. He says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a promise that he makes to you, that you will never be in need. Guys, listen, I, I, wanna, I almost wanna be a little blunt with us for a second and talk because I think this is where a lot of us get confused with God and don't believe that he's always good. God never promises to say yes to everything I want. Never. Even the things that I actually think are noble, even the things that I think are good and the things that I actually feel like I should get. Like it's not even a sin uh, for this thing, but I, sometimes we feel like we should get everything we want. It's exactly what I'm missing in my life. And, but God does not promise to give you everything you want. God, listen to me. I, I feel like I wanna talk to you a little bit. God's not gonna give you everything you want. I wanna say this. God will not promise. He doesn't promise marriage to everybody. He doesn't promise kids. He doesn't promise that job. He doesn't promise that your parents aren't gonna get divorced. He doesn't promise great health, pain-free, problem-free. God does not promise any of that, but he does promise to never leave you in need that's a promise make book on it he will never leave you in need and man we've had things happen i know like i have too i've had things bad things evil things situations people emotional things that we wouldn't wish on our worst enemy kind of things that happen and we look at it and we look at god and we say man why is this around like why is that around but just know i want you to know something here today man when we think about evil like god didn't create evil here's what evil is evil is just the absence of goodness 
You hear me what I'm saying? That's what evil is. Evil is wherever God is not. That's why it's there because there are people that choose not to be with God, not to be in God's presence. That's what evil is. It's wherever God is not. But here's what I wanna tell you. But because of his goodness, where all things that are good are, it is never the will of our heavenly father for you to sin or for you, listen to me, for you to be in the consequences of somebody else's sin whatever it is, or for you to be experiencing sort of the, what's, what's here with the result of sin, which is disease and brokenness and all that junk that exists in this earth. That's not the will of our Heavenly Father. So he can be trusted. He can be trusted. And what people have discovered, who've investigated for themselves that God is good and they taste it and see who God really is. They know from the very beginning to the absolute end that God wants nothing more. Listen to me. He wants nothing more than to inject real fulfilling life in you and in your family and in what you do and in this life. That's all he wants for you. He just wants to inject life fulfillment in you, okay? John 10, 10, this is what Jesus says. This is what he says, man, the thief comes to steal and kill. That's the presence of evil, man. That's not the presence of good. And destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So God is not only good, I love this, how to land the plane on this. He's not only good, that's, that's, it's almost like that should be good enough, but, but not only that, he also desires to give us life in all of his fullness, right? And then following any other path's not gonna get you there. That's what he knows, man. Like going this other way, doing this other relationship, whatever it is, man, it's not gonna get you there. It's short-lived, it's temporary fulfillment. And, and it's, it's a lot of times it'll leave other people's hurt. And so we know that everything he gives us, every rule, every principle, every law to follow, it's, it's there to give us the best life to live here and listen and prepare us for eternity that's waiting for all of us, everybody. It's waiting for all of us. N- no one, no one believes in you more. No one believes in you more or wants more good in your life than your heavenly father. Do you believe that? I do. I sure do. He wants nothing but good in your life, man. I'm telling you, he wants to just inject you with life fulfillment. He wants to give that to you. And, and I'm telling you, that's, that's the, those of us who stay to the goodness of God, like we believe one thing, he is a life giver. Does anybody wanna say amen to that? He is a life giving God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so here's what we do. Here's what we do with the present. I mean, again, if it's wherever you are, if you wanna kind of get this going, here's a couple things we do. If one, to, to get in the goodness of God. We've got to check God's credentials, right? That's the whole point, right? Like if, you, if you're trying to figure out whether or not to get the babysitter or, you know, hire that person for your job, what do you do? Like you do a background check, you get the credentials, you find out from other people. That's the same thing we do with God. Go to his word, investigate for yourself. I, I, I hate to tell you this. So many Christians don't even investigate for themselves in the word of God of who he is and what he is. We just believe lies. Man, go to the word. What does the Bible say about him? What do your friends who have a healthy relationship say about him? That's how we continue to grow in the knowledge of the goodness of God. Here's the second thing we do, that you choose to trust. Listen, man, that's an action. That's a doing word, right? Like you have to choose to trust. That's not just gonna happen. You have to choose. It's a choice we make even when we don't feel like it. And I know for me, uh, when I face things that are hard in my life, and trust me, I do, and I have, and I will, I have to choose this declaration in my life that I'm gonna trust God. And here's why I do it. It's already been decided for me, and it is for you. You just have to believe. Like when I chose to believe in Jesus, I believe in everything that he says. I don't know about you, I just gotta believe everything he says. And here's what Jesus says about God. God is good and he can be trusted. That's good enough for me. All right, like that's what Jesus says. Okay, so I gotta choose to trust. And here's the third thing. I gotta keep reminders. 
We got, man, we got to keep, remember, we got to keep a record of, of God showing up. Because listen, if we don't, if you don't keep a record and reminders, like one of the things we do in staff meetings is we always want to look back and say, man, what did God do? Because <laughs> if we fail to do that, we're just going to miss uh, the goodness of God and what he's doing. And I love doing that. We got to keep a track of how he shows up, man. So when God does show up, I don't know about you, but it, what I'm left with if I don't do this is I'll look at how I feel. And that's never a good gauge. Of, of, of understanding the goodness of God, right? It's a recipe for disaster. But when I can remember God's goodness, when I can look and say, man, there he is, there he is, he showed up. Man, God is good. Oh my gosh, he did that, that's amazing. So I just keep a record. I don't know, so what I do is when I meet with somebody and I experience something, I just make a little voice memo on my phone. I got a bunch of voice memos I keep just to, to remind myself, put something on the fridge, put something on a note, man. Talk about it at dinner with your family because we all need reminded of this, don't we everybody? I know for me, I need reminded of this, is that God is good and he is never anything else. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Just maybe give us a minute just to take this in and just see where you stand with the God of the universe. Just take it in where, where you're on the fork of the road of God is good all the time or maybe so, I don't know, where, wherever you are with that, just to think about it, give it to God. God, I just pray that we see who you are. I pray that we see who you are and we don't, that those of us who are believers and believe in the goodness of God, that we believe that you are so good, that you're only good, that we don't just kind of agree with it, but that we actually have the courage to step forward in it and that we believe it, like that we live like we believe it. Give us the courage to do that. I know that, I, that in my own life right now, like I need this reminder. I need reminders of, of how good you are. It changes me. It makes me wanna pursue who you are. I pray that for every believer in this room and, and watching now that, that we can lean into the goodness of you, God, because you are so, so good good. Right now, I just know that some of you are struggling. Like you're struggling with this. You're struggling at home. You're struggling in your life or your marriage, whatever. I just feel like there are some of you struggling with this and you're wanting to get into a good God. And I want to tell you something, man, like God has an answer for you. God has an answer for you. And, and and he has, a, he has a response, but he's not like a push button God as you're sitting here and thinking through this. He's not a push button God that's just gonna give you what you want, but he does have the answer for life. He does have the answer for you, man. If you choose to let him in, if you choose to trust him, if you choose to believe who he is and what he says, I think he'll show up more in your life than you could ever imagine. And right now, I think some of you need to think about this. You need to think about that God is good and that he is a God who keeps his promises and he does promise eternity with him forever. He promises forgiveness for you. He promises being in his awesome presence forever. And the only way to find that promise is through actually accepting the truth about your sin, accepting the truth about your life and, and accepting what he did for you that he said, there's only one way to get into his presence forever. And that's accepting Jesus Christ, uh, his promise for you, the sacrifice that he made for you. So maybe today you haven't taken a step of fully trusting that. And I want to give you an opportunity to do this. He's inviting you to do that today. He's inviting you to do that today. He's like, man, just, just come to me. Just come to me, man, I'm telling you, I can forgive you, I can, I can change your life. And so if you're wondering what it takes to enter the kingdom of God, it's, it's just this, it starts with accepting who you are and accepting the gift that he gives you, the forgiveness of your sins. You need it forgiven. And it's really important that you take this step. And so if you're ready to do that, I'm gonna help you take a step. And you can just pray this prayer to make this day the day of your salvation, that you stepped in to the presence of God, this good God that you have. And you can pray this, God, I am yours. You made me. You made a way for me 
And so I first accept that I am a sinner. I see it in my life. I can't get any better. It's frustrating and, and it's a mess. And so I accept that. And, and I, now I know I need something to get fixed and, and I know I'm disconnected from you. So I see my sin and I know it needs forgiven. And you say the only way that that can be forgiven is through accepting the free gift of salvation through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. And so I accept it. I place my faith, I surrender my life to you. I place my faith in Jesus Christ that his death is a penalty for my sin. And I wanna turn from my life and turn to you. I commit my life to being yours forever. If you prayed that prayer, man, we wanna know. We wanna know that you prayed that prayer. Grab a connect card and just check that box that you, that you uh, are starting this amazing journey with God. We wanna get connected with you. So now for all of us, God, help us see who you really are. Help us to, to just lean in on this, God. Lean in on us, who you are, that you are so good and that we just wanna experience the goodness of you, okay? And that you keep every promise that you make. We don't wanna buy into anything else. We don't wanna lean in on anything else. We want anything to hold us down or, or keep us back from you. And we can trust you when it's unclear. We can lean in on you when we need to, when it's difficult, that we don't, uh, we, even when we don't know what the future holds, that we love you and we know that you are a good, good,